Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our In the World, Not of It series, which walks through the book of 1 Corinthians, showing how we are citizens of a better country. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, let's take our Bibles, let's go to our theme passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. <coughs> Excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, 15 tonight. <clears throat> and this morning, we, were, uh, we took time to understand um, a little bit about our theme and just really the fact that when we allow God's grace to be at work in our lives, when we allow uh, God's strengthening power to enrich and help us as we face our choices and decisions and trials and circumstances, as we do that, What we discovered this morning is that our life becomes proof of the resurrection of Christ. Paul kind of, we we looked and we kind of summarized the statement this way, that when God's grace is at work in a believer's life, it proves the very God we worship. Man, when you and I just allow God to strengthen us, the result of it, we saw it this morning, the result is that the, the lost want to be saved and the saved are encouraged. And that's a great result, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I have some goals this year of, Lord willing, leading some people to Jesus. And hopefully that would be one of your goals. I want to lead someone to Christ this year. I want to see somebody, my coworker, a neighbor, a lost loved one I'm going to pray for. I want to see them get saved. Hey, one of the best ways that you could be a witness to them, one of the best ways that I can be a witness to people around me is just live by grace. Man, live by the strength of God. And so we looked this morning at this fact that uh, us living in grace proves the resurrection. Remember Paul, he was writing to the believers at Corinth and those believers at Corinth, they were wanting to, <clears throat> they were wanting to ask questions. We've going, been going through that on Sunday morning, so I'm not going to recap everything. But one of the struggles that they were having, we noticed it this morning in verse 12 through verse number uh, 14, he said, there are some among you that they question the resurrection. And they're bringing doubt. There's uh, maybe people, and they weren't, they weren't people that were uh, necessarily saved or a part of the church. They were people that were just coming in and kind of causing division and causing doubt and raising this question, well, did Jesus really raise from the dead? And so Paul goes through, we'll see it next Sunday morning, of all of the cloud of, we'll say it this way, the group of people or cloud of witnesses, all the people that saw the resurrected Christ. And Paul's going to go through, we'll see it next week on Sunday morning, a number of other proofs. But one of the ones that he highlights is this, hey, I know that Jesus lives because he's changed my life. And people see it. And that's a great proof. You think about uh, the, the fact of uh, are all the proofs that Paul wrote about. We'll see next week that people saw him. There were testimonies about him. There was an empty tomb, empty tomb without him. And then Paul says, and another proof is, is the fact that he is, work, he is working and has worked in my life. You know, there's a lot of areas in life that need proof. Think about it right now. If you go shopping at a major store, usually somebody is by the exit of that store. And it's someone who works there, and they ask you for your receipt. Well, what's your receipt? Proof of purchase. Proving that you purchased what you're walking out with. Hopefully, you've never ran from those people. (laughs) Think about it. Uh, A couple of people in our church know about this one very well. When you get pulled over, you need proof of what? 
Now I know who those people are. Uh, when you get pulled over and you need proof of insurance, hey, uh, license and registration and proof of insurance. Hey, prove to me that, that you're an insured driver. Uh, you think about somebody who gets married. Man, once, once a, a young lady gets engaged and then maybe they go and they get married, what do people look for? They look for that ring. What's the ring? That's proof. It's proof I belong to him. It's proof, that I, it's proof that I'm married to him. It's proof that I'm married to her. Uh, you have a marriage certificate. It proves marriage. Think about, think about people graduating from a, a college or a high school. What's your proof of your graduation? It's a diploma. You think about it, we have a lot of things in life that need proof. Well, when it comes to the believer's life, when a believer lives by grace, that becomes the receipt. That becomes the ring. That becomes the, uh, it becomes the, the uh, diploma. It becomes the insurance statement. It, it's proof of the existence of Jesus Christ. It's proof of the resurrection of Christ. And tonight I want us to look just one more time at our theme passage, really see tonight I want us to see what it takes, what it takes to live by grace. We talk about living by grace, but what does it look like? Every day. And I want you to see it with me. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, let's look at it together. Verse number 10, Paul writes this. But by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I, I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Again, Paul proving the resurrection says God's grace proves it. We talked this morning about the types of grace. There's a saving grace, for by grace are you saved. That's the unmerited favor that God gives us because of the cross. That's in this verse. That's the first grace that's mentioned by the grace of God, I am what I am. His unmerited favor has saved me. But then as Paul goes through, we see Paul talking about a second type of grace. And that's the strengthening grace of God. God's unmerited favor in your life, it doesn't stop at the cross. God's unmerited favor, man, it continues each and every day, him giving you strengthening grace to live for him. And it's that strengthening grace that we want to talk about tonight. So let's pray, and then we'll get in the word of God. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, why don't you take just a minute and just ask the Lord to speak to you. Ask God to help you. God, would you help me to learn about grace tonight? And God, would you help me this year to be strengthened by your grace? God, this week, dear Lord, we come before you and we thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the passage before us tonight. And Father, I pray that you'd give each of us help As we look at these verses, I pray, Father, that you would help us as we look at the vision of the new year and just uh, some things that we're doing this year and the steps we're taking forward. I pray, God, that you would help us to be led by your spirit, to be strengthened by you, and, Father, that you would help us each and every day as individuals to be determined uh, to live by grace. We love you, and we thank you for your love, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. I want to just get right into the message tonight, and then we're going to kind of look at some of the goals for the new year that we have as a church. But I want to say that if we're going to live by grace, we have to know, number one, we've got to know that it takes work. You say, it takes work? Yeah, it takes work to live by grace. Where do you see that? Look at the verse, verse number 10, when Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. Notice the next phrase, but I labored more abundantly than they all. I labored more abundantly than they all. The word labored here, it means toil or to work hard. I toiled or I worked harder than everybody. In this short phrase, we find Paul speaking about the work of his ministry. I worked hard for the Lord. I would definitely say that that statement about Paul being a hard worker is very true. Did you agree with that? Man, recapping the story and the life of Paul that we looked at this morning, uh, if you were here, we saw that Paul definitely worked for the Lord, but we didn't really dive into a lot of those things. I told you this morning we would look at a few of them tonight. I just want to list out 15 things that I recorded of Paul doing from Acts 13 to Acts 28. Some of them are, are kind of uh, um, uh, a number of things brought into one, but you think about what God's Word records for us about Paul. It was a very extensive ministry and an incredible ministry. Paul traveled thousands of miles led thousands of people to Christ. He started uh, over, over probably three dozen churches, stood before politicians. He preached to the religious elite. He debated with some of the most astute minds of that day. He pastored multiple churches at one time. He trained a number of young pastors to, re, to take over those churches. He wrote 13 or 14 of the New Testament books that we have, plus more that we don't have to this day that were recorded for the early churches. He was used to perform miracles. He took the gospel to unreached regions. Paul took the gospel to the Gentiles. He withstood many of the Jews. He encouraged countless believers to continue on for the Lord. He wrote about the doctrinal truths that we could, uh, so that we can continue in them. And he proclaimed the word of God before a number of dignitaries and leaders, including kings, governors, and even Nero himself. And really, the list could go on. 15 things that Paul did, we just summarized very quickly. But you think about it, uh, it wasn't as easy as summarizing them for him. Man, all that took work. I look at the life and ministry of Paul. We're going through Corinthians right now, Sunday mornings, and then tonight, looking at it. Man, just look at what Paul did in Acts chapter 18 in Corinth. And uh, man, it, we're, we summarized that chapter. You know, Luke summarized it, or Paul summarized it. No, Luke, Acts. Uh, Luke summarized it into just a, a few number of verses. But those few number of verses is three years Man, 36 months that, that Paul ministered in Corinth, I would say that Paul, he worked for the Lord. And he put forth effort for God. He says, I labored more abundantly, that phrase more abundantly, in a super abundant way, a hyper abundant way, I worked for the Lord. Did you know that if you want to accomplish anything, listen, if you want to accomplish anything in life, it's going to take work. If you want to have a healthy marriage, you know what it takes? Work. If you want your kids to be raised and, and live for the Lord and, and have character, what's it going to take? Work. If you want to maintain a house and live in a house that's not a pig pen, what's it going to take? Work. And life takes work, doesn't it? But the same is true for the work of God, the life of God, living for God. 
It takes some work. Too many Christians think that the Christian life, you know, once you get saved, it should just be kind of a walk in the park. I hate to break it to you, but if you think that the Christian life is a walk in the park, then you probably haven't read the Bible. Here's what Jesus said about the Christian life. These are the words of Christ. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. That doesn't sound like a walk in the park. If we're going to accomplish anything for the Lord, it takes work. If you're going to live by grace, it takes work. But this evening, I'd like to give you another thought to ease the pressure of the comment that the Christian life takes work. And that, pre- that, that statement that I want to give you is the fact that if we're going to live the Christian life, if we're going to work through the Christian life, if you're going to live by grace, you've got to realize that it actually just takes surrender. It takes a lot of work, but really, don't miss this following statement that Paul said in the, in the verse, because a lot of people would would maybe just go down that road of, I labored more abundantly than they all. Now the Christian life is work, so wake up tomorrow and work for Jesus. And, wait. and there's some truth in the statement. But that puts a lot of pressure on me, doesn't it? Puts a lot of pressure on you, doesn't it? Man, it puts a lot of pressure if, I, if I, uh, a preacher just gets up and says, man, you better work for the Lord and this be the year that you just work, work, work for Jesus. And, work. And, and we have all these goals and things that we want to accomplish and we put all the pressure on how much we do and how much we perform. Can I give you the only, really, the only real work for the Christian is the work of just surrender. Here's what Paul said. I labored more abundantly than they all. But catch the next phrase. Yet not what? Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Hey, I labored and I I got to work and I jumped in and I, I was disciplined and I started churches and I did all these. I accomplished some things for the Lord. But I want you to know, that it wasn't me doing the work. It was just the strengthening grace of God helping me make decisions all along the way. As I began to study for tonight's message and go through even many of our theme thoughts, I just kind of took that phrase, yet not I, but by the grace of God which was with me, and I I mean, I, really, at face value, it's a very, it's an easily understood phrase. It wasn't me, it was God's grace with me. But I thought, you know what, There's, there might be something deeper. And so I looked up that word with. I thought, what does that mean? What's that word with me? Here's what Paul said. The word with, it means to be together with. Well, that's like a duh. But then the next part of the definition of the Greek word that's used there, it means to be in possession of. I like that. Because here's what Paul said. Everything that has been accomplished through my life was because 
of the grace of God that was in possession of me. What does that mean, Paul? Paul basically said in Galatians chapter 2, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ in me. What Paul is saying is, listen, I've accomplished a lot for God, but the only reason and the only way I was able to work for him is because I let him work in me. I was just surrendered. In the Christian life, we make it harder than God intended it to be. If you go back to what Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. What is that? Surrender. Really, the only work that is, the only work that is really in the Christian life is the work of surrender. But don't be fooled because the work of surrender. That's challenging. (laughs) That's challenging. Here's what Jesus said, summarizing a little bit about the work of surrender when he was speaking to the apostles in Mark chapter 14. He said, the spirit truly is ready or willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. The flesh is weak. Hey, it's really easy for me and you to say, you know what, in 2022, I am going to live by grace. Yeah, 2022, I'm going to live by the strength of God. I'm going to allow God to accomplish anything he wants through me. It's easy to say, God, I surrender. But when the alarm clock goes off tomorrow morning and you should get up and read the word of God, the flesh is going to cry out, just 30 minutes. You can do it later. You'll have time this afternoon. You can catch up tonight. It's okay if you miss one day. It's all right. That's the flesh. It's easy to say I surrender, but the work of surrendering is the hard part. It'll be easy for you to say, yes, I surrender. But when you're at work this week and things don't really go your way and your flesh is going to scream out, get even, lash out, react in frustration. That's when the hard work comes in to say, deny self, surrender to him. It'll be easy for me and you to say, yes, I surrender to live by his strength and to uh, allow him to accomplish things in my life. But when it's time to tell someone about Christ, your flesh is going to yell, what will they think about you? It'll be easy to surrender and say, yes, God, I surrender. But when God says, okay, Surrender and give that. Your flesh says, but God, I, I need that. It's easy to, to say I surrender, but when you come to a challenge, when you come to a challenge or when you come to a trial, you come to something that goes away that you didn't want it to, your flesh is gonna scream out, God, what are you doing? God, I blame you for this. God, why have you abandoned me? 
You see, it's easy to speak surrender. But the true decision of, this, of surrender doesn't come through the spoken word. The true decision of surrender comes through denying myself. It comes in the moment-by-moment moment decisions of the day to say no to me and yes to him. That's the work of the Christian life. But can I say tonight that the reward, the blessings follow surrender. <clears throat> the real blessings of God do not follow the work. Did you know that? You could be a Christian that works all your life and does things for God that God never blesses. Any of you been there? I've been there. Where I'm just going, going, and I'm working hard for God, and I'm like, God, aren't you impressed by my spirituality? God, aren't you impressed that I've read the Bible this many days? God, aren't you impressed that I've, I've knocked on this many doors? God, aren't you impressed that I've given this much to the offering? God, aren't you impressed that I've witnessed to that many people? God, what are we doing? Man, we are carrying the work. Blessings don't follow that. Oh, good things may happen every now and then, but real blessings don't follow that. No, real blessings follow surrender. And to be a believer that could echo the statement of Paul to say, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and yet, uh, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but God's grace which was in possession of me. The blessings that follow that only come because of surrender. What does live by grace mean? Living by grace means I'm living a surrendered life. Living by grace says I'm not just saved by grace. I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to operate by grace. I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to surrender to God and let God's strength Move me through the day. And anything that I accomplish, all the glory goes to him. Why? Because it's yet not I, but his grace, his strengthening grace, which was in possession of me. So the challenge I want to give to us tonight is the fact of this. Will you make the conscious decision to live by grace? The conscious decision to be surrendered to him and allow his strength to help you labor for him. In this new year, I pray that by his grace, by his strength, we would accomplish some things for God. And with his grace and by his grace, I'm praying, first of all, I'm praying for growth this year. What type of growth? Well, this year I'm praying and I want to challenge you to pray for personal spiritual growth. I said it this morning, but praying, God, help me to be closer to you next year at the end of 2022 than I am at the beginning of 2022. God, help me to know more about you at the end of 2022 than I do right now. God, help me to be strengthened by you in a greater way at the end of the year than I am right now. That only happens if I can string together 365 days of walking in grace. 
They say, Pastor, I'm going to miss a day here and there. Well, don't make the goal 365 days. Make the goal today. That's how we mess up a lot of our goals. We look too far out. How about today? God, help me to live by grace and spend time with you today. I want to challenge our church. <clears throat> Some of the things that we're going to go through this year is our spiritual growth, encouraging personal spiritual growth in every person, encouraging people to spend time in the word of God. That's why we have the resources back there, encouraging us to uh, stay in some devotionals and to record what God speaks to us about and to have, our, have faithfulness to church. Man, I would encourage you, make this year be, a, be the year that your church, your church life is, fa- is described through the, the, perspe- or the, the word of faithful. Man, that by the end of the year that you'll be able to look back and, and yes, there's going to be sicknesses and yes, there's going to be work and yes, there's going to be vacations. But if I look at the year as a whole, at the end of the year, I'll be able to say, you know what? The testimony is I was faithful this year. But it's going to be God's grace that helps you with that by surrendering to him, encouraging us to be having that personal spiritual growth. We're praying for growth and going to try to have growth through our growth groups this year. I'm looking forward to our growth groups. We have, of course, on Tuesday night with at Brian and Sam's, the 18 to 30-year-olds. Anybody 18 to 30, Brian and Samantha's house or here at the church, they'll let us know each week where that is. Man, our growth groups. On Wednesday night, the group of those who are 30 to 55 at 6.30, as well as the kids, Wednesday night at 6.30. Our, on Thursday at 5 p.m., uh, everybody age 55 and up, all recycled teenagers. And then the teenagers, at, at the actual teenagers. See, we put the, we put the youthful people together. You got the recycled teens and then the ignite youth teens. And they're at 6.30 here at the church every Thursday. And that starts not this week, but it all starts next week, our growth groups. And what's the purpose of the growth group? The purpose of the growth group is to try to facilitate growth. Well, how? Growing this way, growing relationally with the Lord, but then also growing with relationships with those within the church. Being able to get to know people, and then we're doing it for six weeks, starting next week, and then after that, we'll be back together for three weeks, and then we'll break up again for a few weeks, and we're going through some incredible studies this year, and once we break up again, we're going to have nights when uh, two groups will combine through that, and you'll get to meet different people in a different age category within the church, and some nights, even the recycled teenagers and the actual teenagers may meet together and enjoy a meal together. I mean, there's, there's so much potential to facilitate growth with our growth groups. Well, then what's the challenge to us, pastor? Get signed up. Be a part of a growth group. Well, I can't make it every week. That's okay. Well, I can't make it. You know, I'm in my age group is Wednesday night and I can't go that night. That's okay. Go Tuesday or go Thursday. Just because it's for the age groups doesn't mean you're going to walk in and Brian's going to be like, I'm sorry, you're 32. You can't be here. You know, I'm sorry, you're 82. You can't be. That's not going to be the case. No, be a part of the group. What's the, what's the designation of ages for? It's just to help discussion because there's different stages of life and people in the age of, of 18 to 30, they're facing some different challenges than our recycled teenagers. And so that discussion is going to be able to help with that. And so I just want to tell you, I want to encourage you, how can you grow spiritually? Get involved. Be, be one to get involved in, in the growth groups. I think about the, uh, the other <clears throat> area within our corporate growth of growing the church. There's personal spiritual growth and the growth groups, this cor- corporate growth. But our ladies' Bible study, 
Man, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. at Red Door Cafe starting back up this week. This week, Wednesday, 10 a.m. at the Red Door. The ladies to be there. Any lady can go to this and be a part and get plugged in. What is it going to do? It's just going to help facilitate growth. Micah and I were talking, Pastor Micah Bosworth and I were talking just, uh, I think, Friday about something. And he said, you know what amazes me? He said, when Paul, we're talking about Corinthians, talking about our theme and all of that. He said, when Paul went to Corinth, he was only there for three years. He said, but when Paul talked to the elders of Corinth in Acts 20, he said to them, I've taught you everything. (laughs) He's like, how did Paul teach him everything in three years? And I was like, well, they met every day. They didn't have practice and TV and all the extracurricular. And are, are all those things bad? No. Yeah, they didn't have cell phones and email. They didn't have all that stuff. You know what they wanted? They wanted fellowship. Now, does that mean all those things are bad? No, not at all. No, but if all those things become the priority over my spiritual growth, that's when they become an idol. Even your kids, I've said this before, your family can be an idol. Your marriage can be an idol. Your spouse could be an idol. Your parents or grandparents or grandkids could be an idol. Your free time and your hobby could be an idol. Your work could be an idol. When I put anything before the Lord. So what's the challenge? And by strength, by his strength, by his grace... By his grace, have some personal spiritual growth. This year, we're gonna pray for some growth in the area of personal spiritual growth, corporate growth, but then also increased discipleship. Man, this year, I'm praying that God would help our church to see more people discipled this year than we have before. What does that mean? It doesn't necessarily mean going through a book study, although we do that with the Continue Discipleship course. But listen, there are some of you in here, there are some of you in here tonight or even with us online that you haven't ever, you haven't ever, you, you've known Christ for years, but you haven't ever tried to bring somebody along in their walk with the Lord. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know how to do that. That's where this year we want to help equip you. I want to help equip those of you that would be willing to say, you know what? I would lead somebody through discipleship. I'd sit down each week and just do a Bible study with someone and help them grow to love God more. You know what usually happens when you disciple someone? You in turn grow more than you realize. Man, you just grow. And maybe this year's the year where you're like, hey, I'll disciple somebody. Pastor, pair me up. Hey, you know what? Sometimes we run out of people to pair you up with. That's a good thing. You know what that means? Just go find someone. Help somebody trust Christ and then say, now I want to teach you some things. What is it? It's just personal discipleship. We want to see growth happen in that. I'm praying this year for some financial growth. And we're praying, we'll talk about the building in just a minute, but I'm praying that God would help us with, our, with our, uh, our giving as individuals at the church, that we would just see that just step up. And there's some people in our church that are a part of it. I don't, I don't know who it is, and so I'm not picking on anybody tonight, but there's some people that have been saved for a while that haven't stepped out yet to, to tithe. I'm praying this year some folks in our church would be challenged to tithe. 
Man, to give God that 10%, that 10%, that tie that goes to help the general building or the general uh, uh, fund of the church, it just goes to help pay the lights and to take care of the staff salaries and to pay for uh, the gas for the van route and to pay for little things that need to be done and uh, help host people and all the little gifts and the little giveaways and all that type of stuff. It all just comes out of the general giving. And so if I'm not tithing, I'm basically, you know, and I'm not trying to be mean. Again, I don't know if someone's here that's not or online that's not. I don't know that. But if, I, if I'm not giving, what I'm doing, I'm just kind of doing the freeloading thing. I'm like, give me, give me, give me, give me, but I'm never going to give back. And that's, that's not just with the church, it's with the Lord. I'm like, God, I, I mean, think about this. Right now, if you went to a doctor, you went to a doctor because you wanted some help, what would you have to do with that doctor? You'd probably have to pay or your insurance would pay. Well, what are they doing? They're paying that doctor to help you with that need, Right? You know what we're doing spiritually sometimes? Spiritually, we're coming in and we're saying, God, I expect everything to be a handout. Now, does that mean we pay for religion or we pay for spiritual growth? No, no. I hope everybody understands what I'm saying. Man, when I'm tithing, it's me saying, God, I, I recognize the value of this. And so, God, I want to come and I want to be a person who gives, praying for financial growth. And I'm, I'm praying this year that God would not only help some individuals do that and some folks corporately do that, but you know what I'm praying? I'm praying that God would help us to be able to see some growth there so we can start t- making some steps for the future. I praise the Lord for our staff. I'll tell you, and I'll talk about this in our uh, moving forward meeting at the end of the month, but I, I'm praying for our staff. I, I would love to give our staff a raise. If, we, if everybody in here knew what our staff made, you'd be like, what in the world, seriously? And I just love their heart. And they know none of them asked me to say that tonight, but I'd love to do that. But you know what? We can't do that. Unless we're, we're not supported by a denomination or some outside faction that's giving to us. No, we live, we operate. Moses Lake Baptist Church operates by the money that comes in in, in giving. And so what are we praying for? Man, we're praying for some growth. But you know what? It takes God's grace to give. <laughs> Because I don't know about you, but I like my money. Do you like your money? Yes. But you know what God said? God said, hey, trust me with the 10%. And when we step out by faith, God says, I'll bless that. This year, by his grace, we are praying for growth. You know what else we're praying for this year? I'm praying for reach. Praying for reach. Well, what do you mean, pastor? I want to reach further and deeper than we have before. How? I'm praying this year for a few things about our reach, praying that we would be able to blanket our community with at least 10,000 tracks. Pastor Carlos back there is our outreach pastor, outreaching kids, and we sat down and talked, and we were going through some goals, and, and uh, man, 2020 was a rough year of tracks going out. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, it was just kind of the COVID year. Dale and I were talking before, COVID year can just going to be chalked up as a statistical anomaly, like it's just not happening again, just go away from there. But we were talking about, Carlos and I were talking about 2021. And I think this year, I think we, we hit probably, uh, probably about 7,500 or 8,000 tracks, Carlos, that'd be about right. This year, about right. And so you know what? It's a little bit of a step of faith to do 2,000 tracks being given out, or 10,000, not 2,000. That's a step of faith too. But 10,000 tracks this year. You know what you know it's gonna take? It's gonna take some work. But what kind of work? Just Surrender. My dad challenged me with something years ago, and um, it's been brought up from the pulpit before, but he said, you'll never hand out tracks if you never carry them. You know, I've 
I, I'm, I used to carry tracks all the time. And I hate to say this, but over the course of the last eight months, I kind of got out of the habit. And there was a number of times that I thought, oh, I'm going to give them a track. I don't have any on me. And I can't tell you how many times I went out to my truck, found a track, and then went back in to give it to somebody because I wasn't carrying it. And I can't tell you how many times I missed an opportunity to just give a gospel track to somebody because I didn't have it. You know what, outreach, having better outreach, just having 10,000 10, tracks just means we just gotta carry some. Be willing to give those out. It's gonna take, it's gonna take this year the grace of God to help us <clears throat> with the social media outreaches. What we're trying to do this year, Brian's built some great things that we're going to do through the year to boost our social media engagement and our outreach. You say, well, pastor, how can I be a part of that? If you have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, anything out there that is social media based, you need to find, search for Moses Lake Baptist Church and just follow the page. And then when something's posted, just like it or share it. You say, well, what's that going to do, pastor? It's going to help get the gospel out. Your friends are going to see, oh, I didn't even know they went to church. They're going to see that. And they're going to be able to be engaged through that. This year, we've got a lot of, <coughs> excuse me, social media ads that we're going to be running and trying to reach people that way. We want to see our outreach or our reach continue through personal relationship outreach. I'm going to be encouraging through the preaching and the teaching, through our growth groups, encouraging people, us as a church, to build relationships with people around us so that you could see somebody so that every person at Moses Lake Baptist Church, I want to equip every person to see at least one person saved and added to the church this year. And wouldn't that be awesome if every one of us had that goal? I want to lead one person to Christ and get them to church. That'd be, that'd be incredible. They say, well, pastor, that, that responsibility doesn't fall on us. You're right. The responsibility of making sure someone gets saved doesn't fall on me and you. The surrender to be willing does. And the surrender just to say, God, bring people to me this year that you want me to talk to about you. I bet you and I, if, if we did that, I bet God would say, okay, I'll bring them to you. This year, we want to see our outreach, our reach grow through missions. This year, we're going to be taking on the Jones family. We, they were here just back in October and uh, Philip and Mackenzie Jones there in, in Los Angeles. Man, I'm excited about what God's doing in their ministry. We're going to be adding them to our missions team, our missions family this year, and in our giving and continuing our reach through missions giving. And I pray that every one of us would be involved in missions giving. And so God, by God's grace, we're praying for growth. We're praying, praying for reach. But then also, we're praying for some advancement. Some advancement or uh, moving forward in some areas. What are we praying about moving forward in? Number one, about developing leaders. This year, we have some training time set aside to help uh, each of us continue to be trained in our leadership. And you know every single one of you are a leader. You're leading somebody. And so we got to be trained in that, how to lead people well. But then also, not only with, with the personal leadership, but here within the church, man, being trained to serve God. We've got some things set up for our clubhouse kids workers and for our media team and for our music team to help train us to advance as a servant of Christ. We're going to be challenged to develop leaders, to duplicate yourself. Um, again, challenging our church family this year to try to get somebody, and I don't mean this wrong, but if you went off the scene, if you went off the scene, who could step in and fill your shoes? Would anyone need to? 
If you'd say, well, I wouldn't be missed, there might need to be some surrender there to say, God, I want some areas that I'd be missed in. But who are you training that could step in and fill your shoes? Who are you training that if you're sick, someone could step up and say, hey, I've got it. I can do that. I could be that greeter. Trying to duplicate ourselves, working with our music teams, increased involvement this year in our music teams with um, new songs, learning these psalms a month. And uh, that's going to take a little bit of work, but it really just takes that surrender. Our music teams, our Ignite Youth, this year, I'm, we're going to be encouraging, Pastor Rob is going to be talking with the parents soon about this, but encouraging all of our parents to get involved with our youth. That's one of the reasons I'm loving the idea with the growth groups being on a different night, is that the, the parents will be able to have their growth group maybe on Wednesday night, and the teens are going to really help out with the kids, but then on Thursday night, man, the teens have their growth group, and if parents want to come and just sit in the back and watch and, and make faces at Pastor Rob, they can do that. But if they want to come and they want to help serve, Rob's going to welcome that. Getting some teen parents to be involved. I remember as a youth pastor, this is over a decade ago, so things have changed. But I remember as a youth pastor wishing that parents wouldn't just drop kids off and leave. Man, wishing, God, would you help some parents just to stick around and be involved? Say, well, I don't like working with kids. I don't even like my own kids. That's all right. Man, just pray that God would give you a heart to see your teenagers and other teenagers, man, just grow in the Lord. Our Ignite Youth, our Clubhouse Kids, this year we're going to be uh, developing more workers and equipping more workers. And Carlos has some great things planned out for our kids. And we've got some advanced, advanced outreach things for our kids. I'm thinking right now about the Saturday before Easter. Normally we have our Easter egg hunt the hunt on that Sunday. This year, we're doing everything on that Saturday. We're going to have bounce houses. We're going to have a lot of uh, different opportunities out there at the property. And it's all going to be on the Saturday right before Easter for the purpose of helping our clubhouse kids ministry see kids saved. That sounds like some good advancement there. It sounds like some good uh, moving forward there. Want to pray for growth. Want to pray for reach. Want to pray for our advancement. But we also this year, by grace, we're praying for our construction. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about our building. I showed you the video this morning, and we'll see it again in just a minute, but I want to show you very quickly, and I know it's small on the screen, but I just want to kind of show you the, uh, the, the overhead view of what we have right now for the building, the, the video that we looked at this morning. We'll see in just a second, but you've got up here, you've got the auditorium and then a uh, good hallway with all of our kids' wings and the, uh, the nursery and all of that over here with a big giant foyer and our restrooms. Upstairs will be the offices and the youth and one more classroom. And this is phase one that we're praying for. And in phase one, we have to get all the parking done and the landscaping done. But you know what, man, God's got this. So, well, pastor, how much is that gonna cost? I don't know. Well, pastor, how do we go into something that we don't know? With God, with grace. Well, what do we know? Some, we, do we know some preliminaries? Honestly, we have some preliminary costs, but we haven't sat down with construction yet. Why? We gotta get to that first 500,000. And once we get to that first 500,000, we can start taking those steps. But I don't know about you, but I don't have that. I don't have an extra 500,000 sitting around. But you know who does? God does. My grandfather would say, he just hasn't told you that it's in your pocket right now. <laughs> because you want to know what that 500000 is made up of? $5 here and $10 there and $15 there and $1,000 there and $200 there and $300 there. I don't mean to embarrass my kids, 
I'm going to give you a proud dad moment that we sit down and do some goals for the year. We did that today and we talked through what our goals are. And I was blessed to have a couple of our kids say, you know what, I want to raise this much for the building fund this year. We talk about financial goals. What's a financial goal you have? I want to raise this much for, for the building. I was blessed this, last, this last, uh, last week, Micah came up and said, hey, dad, hold out your hands and close your eyes. And I thought, man, he's going to spit in my hand, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and I did, and, and he set in my hand an envelope of money. And he said, hey, dad, here's how much it is. I've been saving all year to give to the building fund. That blessed the dad's heart. You know what that 500000 made up of? It's made up of a dollar here and a dollar there. And God can do it. What do we have to do? Just be surrendered. Looking forward to this, the finished phase, of course, that we've talked about and we see it today. Or we saw it this morning. So you have the auditorium with those kids' classrooms and that hallway, the foyer, the restrooms. Second phase will be a nursery with a, a very secure nursery that is gonna be a first-class nursery. Our uh, nice kitchen, a good flex space with that gym. And then above all of that will be some classrooms. On the, uh, <clears throat> in the finished phase, one of the side rooms, I'm really excited about this. One of the side rooms, we're turning into a hospitality suite for first responders during the week. So during Sunday, it'll be a classroom. But on the weekdays, it'll be a hospitality room that they have access to that has a key code that they'll know. And they can get in there. It'll have access to a restroom. Uh, but they can go in there and just have a cup of coffee because officers and first responders and fire, they're always looking for somewhere to have a cup of coffee that's safe that they know we can go to. And of course, with the relationship that we have through the chaplaincy program, this is something God put on my heart about a year and a half ago. Man, I want to have a hospitality suite for our first responders, something where, somewhere that they can go just to help them know, hey, our church loves you and we pray for you and we want you to know that you can come here and you can be in this room and you can be safe and you nobody even know you're here you know I mean there's so many so many possibilities with that and so we're looking forward to this 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 building and seeing what God's going to do and of course the video that we looked at this morning and Carlos I don't know if the computer's unmuted but unmute that real quick and throw that up the video if you didn't see it this morning that angle we'll look at pictures in just a second coming from that bird's eye view of course, you see the Smulligans, that's that little barbecue place right there on your right, and you can look. This would be the, the back of the auditorium, the back of the church. The gym is on the right. The auditorium is on the left in this picture, and that courtyard with that, uh, that big tower right there with a cross proclaiming, man, this is all for Jesus, and don't know exactly what we're going to put on all of that, but man, going into the front of the auditorium. And looking at the front of a building with a great foyer, inside that foyer, a coffee shop and places where you can come. It's going to be an inviting place with a courtyard behind it. And I don't know about you, but it's stuff that I look at and I just get excited about it. I'm like, man, I want to start next week. I want next week to be our first Sunday in the building. But what's it going to take? And it's going to take us being surrendered. Think about getting out of your car and getting on the sidewalk and walking into church and getting into a, a foyer, having a cup of coffee and going out in the courtyard and seeing a bunch of kids uh, just play and, and seeing a family that trusted Christ last week that's there, that, that's there with their kids. I don't know if you can see it, but I can see it. And I can look at it and I can feel it. I can just see their hands shaking their hand and the smile on their face because we surrendered and invested some money. It's just money. But what's it going to do, man? It could change someone's eternity. It's, only, it's, a, it's $500. That's all right. Give it. You can say, say and change someone's eternity and see some family come in and see some first responder that parks there and says, you know what, man? I, 
I had nowhere to go, but I just came to this church and sat in this hospitality room, and I've been coming here for two years. Never came to a service, but I came this week and I heard the gospel. And just think about what God could do with, that, with, a, with a building in that spot. Years ago, they would say about a church building, it's called location, location, location. And I understand uh, there's some fallacy to that. There's some error to that and some holes in the thought because God can work anywhere. But the truth is that we live in America and in America, location matters a little bit. And I don't know if you've noticed, but this isn't the best location. And I'm not just talking about like being broken into a few times. No, like it takes work to find Moses Lake Baptist Church. Hey, with this one, statistically, statistically, every single person who lives in Moses Lake, if they go out once a month to a store, they will see our building. Because you can see this building from Walmart, Winco, Taco Bell, Marshalls, Ross, that whole Stratford area, the bowling alley. If anybody ever drives from Moses Lake to Ephrata and they leave anywhere south of Stratford, you know what they're gonna see? Moses Lake Baptist Church. Why? The highway goes right by it. Every baseball tournament, every baseball tournament in Moses Lake at Paul Lazier Field, you know what they're gonna see? Moses Lake Baptist Church. Every single person who ever shops at Goodwill, you know what they're gonna see? And that's like 98% of Moses Lake. <laughs> We got a lot of thrifters in our town. This is a great location. I'm just loving the fact, here's what people will see when they drive by. You know what's right in the middle of that? A cross. You say, well, pastor, are we for sure putting that cross there? I don't know if we're for sure putting it there, but we're putting a cross somewhere. Why? Because I want them to know, hey, this is all about Jesus. People come up, be able to see that courtyard. That courtyard is going to be an uncovered area. If you look <clears throat> at the next picture, you can kind of see where in that uncovered area, you have uh, the gym over here and the auditorium over here. There's going to be yard, large garage-sized doors. It'll be about the size of those 12-foot 12 12 beams right there that those doors can be opened. And so you have access from the, from the courtyard into the auditorium or into the garage or in the garage. <laughs> into the gym through that garage-style door. What's that going to be? Man, think about the potential of the events. You ever helped out with VBS here? <laughs> when the architect, Brian, when the architect was like, here's my idea about this and these doors, I was like, dude, VBS. My brain went immediately. What a great opportunity. What a great opportunity to help have a venue where people could come and use it for a wedding. And they think, man, this is a beautiful building. I wonder what happens here. And they come Sunday and hear the gospel and trust Christ. Think about youth conference, our big youth rally. From here on out, we have to rent a building every year until we get a building built. We, we can't host youth, the youth rally here anymore. This year proved it. The you know, CMA that seats you know, maybe 700 in the auditorium but you close those back rooms and it's about 500 and we had, what, 300 in there, Rob, and it was packed. And think about youth, the youth conference here. I'm telling you, I could go on and on and on right now about the, about the, the, the building, but it's gonna take faith and it's gonna take grace. 
our construction goals this year for our Forward by Faith offering in March. I'm gonna encourage you, and I'll talk more about it in the coming weeks, but just begin praying now, like, God, what will you do through me for the building fund in 2022? Maybe you would pick up the challenge to be one of 500. That one of 500 is helping us get to that first 500,000. Right now, we have about 93,000 that we've raised, uh, 85 of it this year. 85,000 has come in this year to go into the building fund. We're about 93, actually, no, it's more than that. It's about, it about 91,000 that came in, but we just had to pull money out to pay the taxes on the property. They're not, they, won't, they won't give us the uh, tax exemption until we put a building on the property yet. And we filed for some things, but you know what? I was excited. I was like, yeah, we're at 100,000. No, we got to pay taxes. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. Did you guys know you need to pay taxes? I'm just, anyway. <clears throat> You know what? There'll be one of five. <laughs> Craig went, what? <laughs> if you do the, uh, the math and you look at it, man, if we could get that first 500,000, we could start. We could just take some steps. Maybe you'd be one of 500, that you'd give $1,000 this year. Maybe you say, well, I gave, I gave a couple thousand last year. Hey, by, by, by faith and with God's grace, maybe you'd step out and do it again this year. Our silent auction in February, we're going to have this. I'll have more comments about it in the coming weeks, but we have some folks donating some things that have either been made and beautiful pieces of of work that they have from hobbies that they have that we're going to be doing a silent auction the whole month of February just for the building fund. And there's going to be some people in our church that will donate maybe a little uh, couple-day getaway for a family that you can silent auction. We have, you go to, go to those fundraisers all the time. We're into the whole month of February having some things that we're auctioning off. Our social media fundraising, ways for us to, uh, in this new year, ways for us to try to push out this. Because listen, there's some people that you know and that I know through social media that don't even go to church that God would poke their heart to say, hey, would you give something? There's, there's people that we know in the, in the community that they, they have never, ever even heard about Moses Lake Baptist Church that just moved here. And they're gonna see a social media thing that you repost on Facebook and they're gonna think, what's that? We got some videos we're gonna be making just encouraging people, hey, just step in and, and give to this building fund. See what God is doing through Moses Lake Baptist Church. Maybe you'd be a way through, maybe you'd be a part of that. So by God's grace, what are we praying for? We're praying for growth. We're praying for reach. We're praying for advancements. We're praying for construction. And then the last thing is we're praying for some enhancements. I spelled great, G-R-A-C-E. The enhancements are just kind of developing some things better, making some things better. Like what? Live stream. How we're going to develop our live stream this year. We've already, we've already been talking, Brian, Robert, and I, on some things that we can do in this new year with helping our live stream. How many of you have watched live stream at least one service this year? Man, I even have. And you know what? I don't know about you, but I love it. I love the opportunity. I, I used to hate it. You can ask the guys when we were going to cancel, you know, for those first couple of weeks with COVID. They're like, well, let's get live stream. And I was like, but it ain't, it's not going to be permanent. We're not making this permanent, Rob. And then after, you know, the first couple of weeks of it, I was like, all right, we'll make it permanent. Uh, man, what, what a great opportunity. But you know what? Sometimes it's a little glitchy. Sometimes maybe not the best sound. Sometimes, you know, it's not the best preaching. That's not due to the social media or anything. That's just me. But man, you know what? We, we can help develop that. Our social media expansion, man, we're going to try to get more people involved in that this year. Clubhouse Kids, we're going to enhance that with our check-in and check-out, trying to 
Really, I, I think you would all agree with this. I think going to a church, one of the most secure places at the church should be the nurseries and the kids, kids' ministries. And in the new building, we've got all of that. We're gonna be setting a lot of that up. But here, we can even continue to grow some things. And I praise the Lord for the work that's gone in to help with that now and the work that Pastor Carlos does with those kids. And every week, today, I asked him tonight, said, hey, how'd it go this morning? He said, oh, man, it was great. It was great this morning. I love having a, a children's pastor that loves children, you know? Uh, it's probably part of the you know, job title. Like, do you actually like kids? No, I don't. Well, okay, we'll hire you anyway. Uh, now that's not happening. I'm praise the Lord for what Carlos does. Uh, but you know what? We want to help just enhance some of that. And then that last thing of follow-up, we want people, we want to, I want to enhance and equip our church family to be able to help follow up on people that come to Moses Lake Baptist Church and try to help uh, move that forward and enhance our follow-up, make it something better. There's a lot of things that we want to do this year. There's, a, there's some big steps that we want to take this year. But all of it comes down to surrender. And so I want to ask you the question, will you surrender? Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.